I'm Kier. I'm Haley. And I'm Jay from Gallifrey Public Radio. A podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the one you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 397 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, March 29th, 2020, and I'm rushing to write my show notes for myself down on paper because I just realized that my notepad I normally keep notes on completely out of space, and it threw me out of my, my rhythm, so my apologies. Joining me today, as per usual, my good friend, the one, the only, Anthony Bachman. I already had my notes written down. Aha! Well, I, I didn't. So, <laughs> so suck it. Uh, normally joining us would be one Willie Nelson. He's not here. We'll follow up on that later. We assume he may drop in at some point in time. We think he stayed up too late playing video games. But we did have backup set for today as the one, the only, Peter G, a.k.a. Sailor Poland from the chat room, is joining us. What's well, popping, people? How you doing? Uh, I I miss sunlight. <laughs> oh my God! It's the day star. I've heard tell of it. Oh man, I I've touched on it on this show and other ones. I I still have to go to work because of the category of my work, and it's the weirdest thing in the world right now because the roads are mostly empty, and when I get to the office, we're at maybe like 20% capacity of people there. We've got everyone's cubes split apart. So there's the six foot of distance so that we can practice adequate social distancing, things like that. And there's no one there besides just a few of us. And then the job squad is just constantly going through all day, wiping everything. I mean, they're getting paid their money because they're working their asses off because everywhere they go, there's the distinct scent of bleach that follows behind them because they are wiping <laughs> everything down where I work. So those job squad guys, they're busting their ass to get things done. So <clears throat> I, I'm less concerned about going to work than I am going to the grocery store as of late. But even when I went to the store on Wednesday, there was barely anyone in there and it shocked me. They had everything on the shelves except toilet paper. I, I don't get it. Everyone wants the toilet paper still. Yeah. It's uh Lemmings. Fucking lemmings. Well, uh, I mean, it, for me, it's dumb because last time I went to the grocery store, all the all the convenience food was gone. Basically, you na- uh, you name uh, like the frozen pizzas were gone. Uh, a tin of a, a tin of, uh, of mac and cheese that's barely bigger than a sheet of paper that costs 10 bucks is gone. But the regular mac and cheese, it's like, you know, 38 cents a metric ton. That was still on the shelves. The chicken soup was gone, but all the ingredients to make it and make it cheaper, I might add, that was still there. Yeah, I just look. I'm like, something is you something. Realize wrong. Americans are lazy, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> cooking is not that difficult. Don't, don't I, judge I, me. I, I've only ordered takeout two Americans or three times this week. are lazy. <laughs> Well, it's just, it's just amazing to see. So it's just you see people's priorities. It's like you know everyone's going through. Oh man, what are we gonna do? They don't have this. They don't have that. And I'm just like, oh, I can use this. I can use that. Oh, this is good for the crockpot. Oh, I'll do this. And so you're not wrong. Two weeks ago, when I went to the store, right when the panic was starting, like everything that was like pizza rolls or frozen pizza stuff like that was gone. But I went to the fresh produce section. There's tons of fresh broccoli, sa- bags of salad, heads of lettuce, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, cool. I can use this. I can make a stir fry because I've got chicken breasts. 
So mm-hmm. you're a hundred percent right. There is a lot of that. People are like, oh my god, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So let me just get something I can put in the freezer and make real quick. And to be honest, I have a lot of those things in my freezer for when I am too lazy to do anything. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind the cooking. Yeah, it's it, it's really weird because around here there's like almost nobody driving on the streets. But then you get to the grocery store and that's where everybody is. And you're just like, wow, no one expected to see you here. I mean, but it, here in Illinois. Uh, yeah, non-essential businesses are closed, but like, you know, gas stations, banks, uh, restaurants are still open for takeout. And I live in a rural area. So uh, if you know where the cops are, you're fine. They, but as you get closer to the bigger establishment cities like Plainfield and that, they start watching you more and more to make sure you're not just goofing around. You know, it's like baby's first police state out here. So it's it's just you know, people's priorities are weird. Yeah, you know, I'm just thrilled that that one guy who did the coronavirus challenge actually got it. It's like, yeah, take that fucker. Yeah, the dude that was licking toilet seats and licking all sorts of stuff got coronavirus. That's karma. Yeah, I just have to say, anybody that licks a toilet seat needs to die. If you think that's a cool thing to do, going out licking toilet seats, even if there wasn't a coronavirus, if you just think it's a great idea to do a challenge where you lick a toilet seat jump in with the two kids that actually ate Tide Pods and fucking die because you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid as fuck. You need to die. You're not supposed to kink shame people, okay? People if your kink is licking toilets, <laughs> you, you need to leave the human gene pool. You should not be allowed to procreate. People were actually drinking straight bleach to try and cure themselves of corona. Which technically, well, I guess, cure you it'll opinion. work. Yeah. yeah. My other one I enjoyed was that if you took a hairdryer and put it on full blast heat and blew it in your face, specifically up your nose and in your open mouth, that would prevent coronavirus as well. Yeah. yeah. Cook your brain and eventually yeah. you won't get a virus. Yeah. And, and, you pe- fucking and, people, yeah. and people say we Christians don't get science. I think we're light years ahead of these clouds. For crying out loud, the Bible even says the earth is round. And we just had some idiot blow himself up trying to prove the earth was flat. R.I.P. Mad Mike. Once again, survival of the fittest. Welcome to the Darwin Awards. Not necessarily because they do because they're stupid, but they're sturdy. They do have a tendency to survive. And they no, I procreated said already. The worst thing that's happened to the to humanity is advances in children's safety equipment and medicine. Dumb kids used to die. Yeah. Well, yeah, remember, I still remember back in the 80s and the 90s when it was just like, I like that kiss. I'm going I'm going after killing children now. Willie's not here, so you're picking up the everyone has to die banner. I see. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, I still, because when I was younger and everybody was talking about, you know, computers interconnected and the birth of the internet, and it's like, yeah, it's going to bring in a new age of humanity because the problem with humanity is they don't have access to knowledge. Well, well, guess what? Turns out that wasn't the problem after all. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Sheesh. Just, uh, yeah. Access to all human knowledge in our pocket, and we look at cat videos and talk shit to each other on Twitter. Wait, wait, wait. That's What's wrong with looking at dumb cat videos, first of all? Because those make me smile. <laughs> See? See? See the problem? Now, cat videos I can accept. People who are going around saying you shouldn't get vaccinated, and I'm still waiting for them to prove us right. Or to prove themselves right. You know, it's like, oh, we don't need a vaccination. It's like, okay, here comes the coronavirus. Here, we have a we have a living, breathing experiment. Let's start taking notes. Yeah, how yeah, many I of like those anti-vaxxers will refuse to get the coronavirus vaccination? I bet you none of them when it's all said and done. Oh, no, there'll be a handful. There's always a handful. That's oh, yeah, yeah, fair point. Yeah, the tinfoil hats are not going to come off just because the crisis is over. Yep. Well, that there'll be the sense. celebrities like Jenny McCarthy and them that'll lie and say they didn't get it after they go and get it. 
uh-huh. to try to keep proving their point of how fucking stupid they are. That'd be but no, they'll, there'll be a handful in some small town somewhere that will actually not get it, and then they'll all die. So we are making light a little bit of people's reactions to coronavirus and things like that. But like we've mentioned the past couple of weeks, it is a serious thing. What we want to do today on this show is act like fools and hopefully make people laugh and forget about the fact that life as we know it has been altered for some indeterminate amount of time that we'll figure out. So our goal here is just to be dumb and make people laugh, like I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. The virus is serious. We're a joke. Isn't that right, Willie? Oh, oh, there's no one here. I went to nope. the Willie screen and there's no one here. We'll we'll make it look like he's here. The placeholder image goes in place for Willie Nelson. For for those that are not watching the video version, we're in a quad layout right now. It looks really weird having this quad layout with only three people on it, and I'm too lazy to reorganize it. So we went with the old standby of a quote from Willie Nelson that a friend of the show put together for us in an image that is Willie in like a headshot staring straight ahead at the camera and it says, I was an ugly fucking child. Willie Nelson. And it is something he has, in fact, said on this show. So it is a quote. It is a quote. It is a quote. So we'll we'll occasionally check in with Willie and see if he's got anything to add while <laughs> we're waiting to see if, if Willie calls into the show. But at the very least, Prospector Willie didn't come back this week like he threatened. Thank God. He was gonna ah. bring Prospector Willie. Yeah. That'd have been bad. Prospector Willie and Reverend Willie are stuck in a closet somewhere. That that scares <laughs> me a little bit too. There you go. <laughs> I put that in your head. Uh, I'm fighting through. It, it's going okay-ish. Only okay-ish. That being well, it, said, is early. it is early. Yeah, it'll it'll undo itself soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> Before we get into actual show stuff, how you guys been coping with being stuck, not allowed to go and do anything right now? Well, I've been doing all right. Uh, I've actually, because uh, the overtime at my, work, at my work has actually alleviated, I'm actually able to get back into doing creative stuff. So I'm back to working on cartoons, working on cosplays, and just doing things that I couldn't do because I was working 12 hours a day, three, four days a week. So, and uh, and uh, every other Saturday as well. So I'm actually, you know, it's like, yeah, 2019, you're unmotivated and you're lazy. 2020, you're doing your part for America. So it's like, yeah, I, w- I want to set a good example. So, stay home, be lazy, watch the tube. I'm good. So, there's something to be said for that. There are a lot of people right now that are getting to flex that creative muscle, for lack of a better term. I bet you, if you went and looked at the metrics for podcast creation in the last two or three weeks, you would see a lot of folks that have gone and decided, "Hey, we're going to do something to get through this. Let's start a podcast." And I have seen the targeted <laughs> ads from different podcast providers of, "Hey, we're doing." Uh, coronavirus plans for lack of a better term where plans are cheaper we want to enable people to communicate easily things like that and talking about how with their apps you can do things at the push of a button so i bet we've seen a lot of stuff like that and i also wonder how much like discord and skype and zoom dot what is it zoom.us is that or zoom face conferencing and stuff has gone through the roof i know that zoom was having trouble at one point early on and if you believe the rumors, supposedly the internet's going to break under the load that streaming is doing. But this is also <laughs> the same person that quoted that, that told us that online gamers need to stop playing because it's going to cripple the internet. And I was like, you do realize that me streaming a Netflix video uses more bandwidth than me playing like six hours of an online game, right? Of course they don't realize it because they want to target video game players. It's about ethics and games journalism, right? That's right. <laughs> the real the real the real weird one was when I found out that Deadpool bought my phone company and called me and left a message on my phone. Did y'all hear about that? Mm-mm. No. Ryan Reynolds bought uh owner's share in Mint Mobile. 
and I've been using Mint Mobile for about a year now. And he called every single Mint Mobile user and left a message on our phone about how there's uh, like bonus free gigs if you're running low on data and you need it right now. Just go to the website and sign up for it. And they're just giving gigabytes of data away for people that are like using their phones crazy during the crisis. But yeah, I got an actual phone message from uh, Ryan Reynolds. I was like, what <laughs> the fuck? I had to check it. Look, and like there's actual like, you know, articles on like, um, Business Insider and shit. Ryan Reynolds bought Mint Mobile. I vaguely remembered something around Super Bowl time frame too, because instead of doing a commercial, he was giving away like a bunch of free mobile plans or something like that. Yeah. Instead of spending money on that, so I vaguely remember that. I don't know, Willie. Do you remember anything about that? <laughs> Will, Willie's still not here yet. I mean, we I got we got him just staring straight ahead. We'll see uh, what happens. Smartest thing he said all day. <laughs> <laughs> that won't change. Uh, we need to stop talking <laughs> on Willie. It's just too much <laughs> fun. Well, I mean, it's nice to see that I'm not the only person in cosplay. I mean, I'm here in my in my uh, in my uh, Mark Knight plug suit. He's there dressed as Walter White, so it's it's great. <laughs> it is kind of Walter Whiteish. We need to get him a hat like Waltz. <laughs> now I can't unsee it. Well, Willie is the one who knocks. Yeah. While I try and unsee it, let's just transition on into the news of the week. Bum bum. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet. It's the news of the week. It's the news of the week. It's that part of the show where we run down what's in our minds. It's some of the most interesting, geeky, and or nerdy news to have cropped up here in the past week. It's problematic for someone like me who has pretty much since Wednesday decided I'm going to stay off the internet for the most part because I got tired of seeing negative news and needed a break for myself for a little bit. So <laughs> I struggled when it came to the news because I was completely uninformed as to what was going on for the past few days, which I might add was absolutely delightful. Absolutely. I needed that break. So I got a little got a little social media distancing. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for it. I literally just I was tired of reading conspiracy theories, bullshit stuff that shouldn't be news and seeing the bad side of humanity that was being exposed. And I said, I'm going to take a break. And I pretty much stayed off social media other than to go on Reddit, I think, in a couple different subreddits that are relatively tame and the one I moderate because I couldn't stop going there. So I. I <coughs> I took a break and it was great. But that being said, when you do a weekly geek talk show, <laughs> it makes it really tough to come up with your news. Uh, so I guess I'll just take my news first and we'll get the week news out of the way and then we'll go to you other guys. So this one I thought was cool. Hasbro has put about seven or eight hours, 15 full episodes of G.I. Joe up to watch for free on their YouTube page. So if you want to go back and have that nostalgic craze of watching G.I. Joe cartoons, you can do it. There's seven hours of content now up on their YouTube. They say it's from the saga of the mass device to the Pyramid of Darkness arc. Don't remember these arcs, to be honest, but each arc was about five episodes each. You can watch it on TV, watch it on computer, cast it wherever you want. This is your escapism, is watching 1980s G.I. Joe cartoons. And I'm totally going to watch some of these when I go back upstairs because it's better than turning on the actual news right now. So, yo, Joe. Like I told Hell you, yeah. not the, I didn't have great news other than the fact I was like, G.I. Joe's back. This is great. <laughs> That's not, not bad. Not bad at all. When are they <laughs> going to put the rest out is my question. It's, it's going to be a little problematic nowadays because jingoism doesn't sell as well anymore. Yeah, but now they're just banking on nostalgia and they'll just right. get the nostalgia aspect of it. 
Yeah, but the question is, who's going to complain? And that right nowadays, everybody weighs everything from how much how much back talk are we going to get if we do this? I mean, hell, I've I've dropped some things just because I don't want to deal with the bullshit. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hasbro's like, oh, what are we going to do? Yeah, they'll put they'll 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 refuse to do some things that are problematic, but they have no problem uh, turning My Little Pony into something pedotastic. I mean, Jesus. They own the Power Rangers now too. I think so. I wonder what's going to happen there. Uh, yeah, I, I ever ever since Equestria Girls became the my the main My Little Pony thing, there's a definite change. It's not helped by the fact that one of their animation layout guys got busted for kitty porn. I mean, there no, is no that a, would not be helpful. Yeah, th- there is a there is a definite shift in the focus of the show, uh, and it's like now it's getting really really creepy. So it's like I'll just I think I'm gonna uh, exit over here. You guys just keep doing what you're doing. I'm out. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, has, yeah, Hasbro has no problem with with that kind of foolishness going on. But oh, you know, GI Joe. Well, we have to really say carefully so that we don't get people upset. Give me a break. People are going to get upset about anything. I should know. I get upset about stupid shit too. Yeah, me too. From time to time, <laughs> none of us are none of us can quite escape it. But <laughs> hey, free GI Joe. I'm going to take it. I'm going to wax nostalgic to my childhood when I used to play with G.I. Joes and somehow make airplanes go into space and have hidden compartments that contain stuff I can't even remember. I think I made my G.I. Joe a smuggler at one point in time in this one airplane that had propellers on it that somehow flew through space. Don't ask me how the brain of a child went to this point, but I remember it being really fun. Uh, uh, hey, hey, who, are, who wrote the script for X-Men Dark Phoenix? The Blackbird wasn't even built for space travel. It somehow made it into space, so you're in good company, dude. Yeah, I don't know if we should talk about that movie. but you mean there was a script for that one i'm not sure there was a script i think they just showed up and made a movie it's it's not the worst uh it's not the worst x-men movie come on careful what's Uh, what's the worst x-men movie origins oh the wolverine one yeah it's pretty bad Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah it, what? Why? What do you, you think I was going to say? I am in a very bad position where I have to defend X Men Three: The Last Stand because Jamie Madrox is my favorite X Men character. <laughs> I I will admit that X Men Three wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It was it, it was flawed, but I mean, I came out of the theater and I thought it was fine. It just it was just too focused on. Uh, it was just too focused on barreling through the plot. You know, if you gave it a little more room to breathe, it would have been a perfectly fine movie. I mean, so, if you didn't no, try to I, tell the entire Dark Phoenix story in one film? Right. Without yeah, <laughs> Right. I mean, if, it, if they'd given it more room to breathe, it would have been a, fi- a perfectly except. It's kind of like Spider-Man 3. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it had its flaws. And it was coming up behind so many great movies that it couldn't help but pale in comparison. So, but so no, I will not talk shit about well, that. It also had the awful thing of being directed by Brett Ratner. Right. Well, see, Origins, just for what they did to Deadpool alone, Origins deserves a spot in hell. So that's true. But see, I have a soft spot in my heart of that one because Scott Atkins got to play Deadpool. Mm-hmm. All the actual action sequences where he's beating the shit out of Wolverine, it's Scott Atkins, not Ryan Reynolds. And Scott mm-hmm. Atkins got paid well to do some really good fight choreography in that movie while mm-hmm. having his mouth covered and swords taped to his fucking arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, God, dude I, did some work. <laughs> I forgot how much I hated those stupid swords. And I'm like, how does he bend his arms when they're retracted? Yeah, he can't. He can't. <laughs> because the swords were longer than, like, the length of his elbow to his arm. And I'm like, how, yeah. how does this work? He had four-foot katana blade somehow in his forearm? They fold, mm-hmm. of course. That's, it, that's, that's nanotechnology, like Tony Stark has. 
that's that's Tom Rothman for you, the, uh, the head of Fox <laughs> at the time. The guy did not have a, the guy did not have a clue. He was the reason that so many of the movies from the era feel the way they do is because basically they thought comic book movies were going to be just a fad, and they had to make yep. them as regular movies. So you, I mean, for uh, shoot, who was the, who was the guy who who uh, produced uh, Wild Wild West? Think Peter, think uh, uh, Joe Silver. No, Wasn't no, no, the, no, the, no. There was another guy, and he was the one who came up with the mechanical spider because For mechanical Superman. spider, cool. Oh I yeah, it in Superman originally, and Kevin Smith's like the hell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's like, it, you know, that's part of the reason, if for no other reason, you have to give props to Disney and Marvel because they made comic book movies that weren't ashamed to be comic book movies. They didn't have to come up with, I mean, how many origins for Batman do we really need? Oh, I haven't seen that before. But His parents are dead. It, that's all you really it, need to know because they remind us every time they reboot the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know you know rather than not, you know it's like you know we need something that that regular people who don't read comic books will appreciate. So four foot swords that somehow bend when he bends his arms. Oh, that's acceptable. Well, hell, I'm still mad at the very first one because Brian Singer fucked up Wolverine's power in the very first film. When did he do that? End sequence with Rogue. Her ability does not make you travel backwards through fucking time. Wolverine fights Sabretooth. Wolverine gets cut in the fight. Wolverine. Right. Fully heals uh-huh. and then touches Rogue to give her his healing factor so that she can come back to life. That does not make his body go backwards in time and reopen his fucking wounds. That makes no fucking sense. Oh, his wounds okay. reopened and he started bleeding again after he'd already healed. Okay. Uh, How? How? I didn't remember that. I, it's, <laughs> it, I will be the first to admit that I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but I don't remember. Yeah. I, rem- I rewatched I, it a while ago. I'm like, that is the dumbest shit ever. He touches her to give her his healing factor after he's fully healed from a fight. And then all of a sudden his wounds reopen and he almost dies. What? He doesn't go backwards in time when he stops healing. But the but the prove it's really you scene alone makes up for that. <laughs> You're a dick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah, does it? No, uh, I'm not okay. saying there's not great stuff in that first X-Men movie. There's right. not there's lots of good stuff in there, but that end sequence, when I rewatch it again, like that is the worst shit they've ever done in a mutant movie where they actually just did the power wrong. It's just <laughs> fucking wrong. Yeah, you know who probably has strong feelings about that? Let's check in with Willie. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Where's Willie? Guys, where I guess, I guess he Barry? doesn't have strong feelings and that he's just staring straight ahead like he don't care. It's okay, Willie. We'll make you care. We'll make you care. I don't think you can make Willie care. I'm I'm not sure you have that ability. Yeah, I probably don't. But that's that's it for my news. We, we <laughs> rambled more about stuff that wasn't about my news than my news because it was that bad. So who wants to go next? <laughs> well, mine's kind of bad, so we might want to get mine out of the way. Go for it then. Uh, it's bad with a little bit of good at the end, so we'll see. Um, for the first time in the history of the comic book industry, uh, comics are stopping. So it's not just that stores are not going to get new products. Like literally there has been a, uh, a message from the CEO, uh, diamonds founder, Steve Jeppe. Uh, let's see. They all of diamond distribution. For those that don't know, diamond is the basically monopoly. the monopoly of comic book distribution in all of North America, which yeah, it's, it's totally a monopoly because they're the only company that fucking distributes comics. So I don't know how that's not illegal, but whatever. Uh, they will no longer be receiving new product for printers for, from printers for distribution starting in April. So as of April 1st or later, yes, he was it. 
Product distributed by Diamond and slated for an on-sale date of April 1st or later will not be shipped to retailers until further notice. So they're doing that. And then product distributed by Diamond UK and slated for an on-sale date of March 25th or later will not be shipped to retailers until further notice. So it's not that the comic book companies have stopped creating product because let's be honest, most of the artists, pencilers, writers, inkers, colorists were already sitting at their house working from home anyways. They've been social distanced for decades. It's what they do. Uh, They're not sending stuff into companies anymore because the companies are no longer sending comics to Diamond because Diamond's going to stop distributing them. Well, DC, uh, this just broke like overnight, I think. I got the DC part as the second part of my story. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. We're actually going to see a stop to comics coming out. And so because of that, a lot of the people that are sitting at home creating comics, still doing their job, are wondering what's going to happen. And so DC did a follow-up where they put out an uh, email that was uh, also put up on Twitter for direct market retailers. Uh, first, the entire team, blah, 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 be safe, blah, blah, blah. Uh, periodicals and books with in-store dates between March 18th and June 24, 2020 will be fully returnable, which is good because Image was the first company that jumped up and said they would take returns because the comic book companies or comic book stores are sitting on a bunch of merchandise right now that they're not legally allowed to sell because they can't open their doors. And so a lot of co- a lot of places were afraid they weren't going to be able to return books, and so they'd be eating the cost of all the books sitting on their shelves. And then uh, the important part here is, additionally, because we anticipate that continued disruption to the business operations will create regional volatility, DC is exploring a multi-distributor model to provide us with the flexibility needed during this crisis to get new content to our readers on an ongoing basis. In short term, we continue to engage in active conversation with Diamond to help us solve the distribution issues that have arisen and hope to get new product to stores that want or need it as soon as possible. We'll provide additional information on how we'll make that happen in the coming days. And then basically all the DC contact the people working for them. Apparently Marvel's in talks to do the same type of thing. What we might actually get out of this coronavirus is an end to the monopoly of Diamond because Disney and Marvel might finally get off their asses and start distributing their own digital comics. Well, there's also the fact that, well, DC is not surprising that they're going to distribute their own stuff. Remember, they're part of Time Warner, yeah. which has own magazine network distribution. So it's like they don't need Diamond at all to get their stuff to the shops. It's just that the shops don't want to have to deal with more than just Diamond for ordering their books. I know when I was trying to get my comics sold in shops, it's like, well, we don't like dealing with other, with other people. Just put it through Diamond. It's like, yeah, it's it's like you're talking about one more place. And Diamond has ridiculous restrictions. Diamond is a Diamond is a fucking ripoff. Bottom line, you have to pay to be on the cover. You have to pay for anything other than just a mention. You want to be a hot pick, you got to pay for that. You want to write the last word editorial, you pay for that. One of the comic shops that I went to when I was trying to promote my book, The Supremacy, mentioned that every time they get a shipment from Diamond, because Diamond charges for each box they send you, yep. they always get they always get a box with approximately one comic in it at the end. So Diamond Diamond is highway robbery, but and the fact that everybody keeps propping them up, you know, as much as I hate to say it, the, the industry brought this on themselves. So the fact that and like I said, DC they've had options; they could have gone outside Diamond anytime they wanted just by using their own network that does Sports Illustrated and that. So it's like, yeah, now you guys are finally doing they something. They sold so. Sports Illustrated though; they don't own it anymore. No, no, I mean it's yeah. as far as as far as uh, the magazine uh, gotcha. distribution. They can they can piggyback on that because comic books are periodicals, and Steve Gappy can and Steve Gappy can go fuck himself. I mean, the, the, <laughs> I have had nothing. 
from my days when I was doing underground comics to now, I have never liked Geppy. I have had nothing but problems with him and his whole and his whole uh, and his whole way of doing things. So the fact that there's finally cracks forming in this really makes my heart sink. So. Yeah, it's been something that's been a, a needed change of the comic book industry for a very long time. And yeah, I mean, with DC being owned by Time Warner, they're literally owned by a magazine company. Like Marvel's a little different because Marvel doesn't own any publishing things. But let's be honest, the mouse has money. If yeah, the mouse well, wants to print their own comics, they can print their own fucking comics. The mouse has their has their own book company. Hyperion is owned by Disney. Oh, I didn't I'm realize sure that. that they, they own Hyperion? All right. Yep. I'm sure that the, I'm sure that they know somebody there. I'm sure that somewhere in there is a magazine network of some kind. You yeah. don't own TV networks, a book publisher, a movie studio stuff, and somehow miss out on the magazine angle. They got to have something. Yeah, and it might be a thing where we end up with the you know, comic book shops having to order from Time Warner, Diamond, and Disney. And if that's how it happens, like it might be a pain for a little bit. But let's be honest, that'll get rid of the fucking stranglehold that Diamond has. And who's not gonna who's who's gonna say no to ordering to Disney? Like the, Disney's gonna put out their own version of previews. Like it, shit, <laughs> it's going it's going to depend on what kind of uh, on what kind of deal Diamond gives them. Remember, comic books are actually not doing very well. Your average reader is is middle aged or older, and they're not, and they sell they sell less than a million copies every month. You know, the only reason the Star Wars books were selling so well was because they were sticking extra copies in the loot boxes. Now, oh, I know I know from the people I talk with in Hollywood that anyone who is at a Time Warner studio for animation, where uh, the only studio that is completely safe right now is Adult Swim. But Cartoon Network, Rooster Teeth, Crunchyroll, everybody is scared they're going to lose their jobs because AT&T has made it clear they're looking to make cuts. And they could potentially just go, you know, this comic book thing is just too much trouble for us and just close the whole thing down. So... If but if Diamond can make it worth their while to keep it running, you know, by giving them special deals or something like that, that all I'm saying is that it's in Diamond's interest to make sure that AT and T and Disney see comic books as viable and keeps them going. So this the the break on the stranglehold, I don't think is going to last very long. Once it lifts and Marvel and uh, Disney and AT and T are like, okay, let's start get let's start sharpening the axe. They're going to go into survival mode, and it's going to go right back to the system because, hey, it's worked so far, right? And you guys haven't had to pay us that much for it. So it's, you know, these are these are weird times, but the stranglehold is going to come back. You just watch. I hope not. Uh, me too. Uh, me too. Uh, remember, I started off with indie co- with the underground comics. You know, my my comic shop went through Capital City, so I was able to get things like the Freak Brothers and stuff like that. And all that went away as everybody started going Diamond exclusive and giving them the keys to the candy store. I would love to see Diamond get it shoved up their ass. But we're talking about economics. We're talking about people who are more interested in commerce than art. So I I want to see it happen. I'm just afraid it's not going to. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. <sighs> but I'm a pessimist. You're, you're a pessimist. You just heard me <laughs> rant about that. I know. Uh, what you I really want to know is, Willie, what do you think about this? He just—he doesn't want to say anything today. Every time I ask Willie for some feedback, we get nothing. He just stares straight ahead at me. It's okay. very quiet. Willie, why are you so quiet today? I should have known better than ask that question. What, what was I thinking? Oh, it's, it's like true. I was thinking Diamond was going to die. I mean, I can dream, but it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> 
Ah, now that I've ruined this moment, uh, Peter, did you have any news for us this week? Uh, yeah, this just popped up on my radar. I don't know how long this has been uh, in the works, but I just saw it and it's kind of okay. I'm about to I'm about to bitch about Batman again. So uh, proceed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me put it this way. I am no longer afraid of Pattinson's Batman movie because there's no way it could be worse than this. DC has released a trailer for a young adult novel called Gotham High, where a 16 year old Selena Kyle is attending Gotham High and she's dating both Bruce Wayne and Jack Napier. And I'm out. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, basically. Is Bruce attending the school? Yes. Uh, according the trailer shows their social media so, and Bruce is 17. Jack Napier is 18. Selena Kyle is 16. The richest and, kid in the world is going to Gotham public high. Uh, well, mm-hmm. uh, th- this reads like someone's fanfic to me, doesn't it? <laughs> this reads like someone's oh. poorly written, bad fanfic. Well, I mean, I'm not even sure who it's supposed to be a young adult novel, but in the trailer, when they show Jack Napier, it clearly shows him standing in front of a sex shop. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and, yeah, Selena Kyle in the trailer, you know, she's standing there. She's, you know, she looks like she knows how to fuck. And I'm just watching this. I'm like, wow, this is off the mark. So. I I remember um, I was talking on my Facebook and someone brought up I don't remember if it was Kevin Smith or what the the uh, th- there was a, there was supposed to be some sort of uh, an attempt at a at a Gotham uh, high school where all the Batman characters were turned into analogs of teenagers and it didn't look bad but this is blatantly you, you know this is has absolutely nothing to do with it turns it into into Melrose Place or nine oh two one oh or you know. Whatever, uh, whatever soap opera the young hip kids watch nowadays. Uh, yeah, apparently, it's written by know. some on, on this show. Melissa we don't De La know Cruz, what, who has written a bunch of young adult novels. We don't know what that trendy soap opera is that the kids watch on this show because this is the pulse. We are firmly away from it, like way over here. Be like, hey guys, did you see what they're doing in this new comic book property? Because that's what's important to us. I don't get soap operas. I'm sorry. I'm glad some people do and love them, but I'm just saying we are not your go-to source here, guys. <laughs> yeah, Helen, I've I've raised sheep in Australia and I traveled around the world. Whose baby? Whose baby are you carrying? The Shoguns. Wow. And of course, that dramatic organ music uh, cues up at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, the idea of Batman in high school. I mean, let's face it. I did that with my nose me Batman senpai cartoon, but I was going for laughs. I wasn't trying to present this as a legit thing. You know, there's a reason why I didn't do a second one, and I'm only considering doing a second one now because I didn't want the focus to be uh, a whacked out Batgirl getting her boyfriend. I wanted it to highlight the absurdity of DC and its whole its whole relationship thing. Now we have something that is specifically targeting that. You know, it, I love the, I love the fact that DC can't handle uh, can't handle an openly gay loving relationship, but they're perfectly happy showing you know a woman who's been Stockholm syndrome by a mass murderer into thinking that that's love. Oh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. 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 Relationship goals. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's yeah. The reason I'm I'm queuing <laughs> up to do another nose be senpai Batman because of the straight washing that's going on. I they're they're basically trying to pretend that Harley and Ivy have been anything but lovers all this time, and now they're basically trying to put her back with Joker and all the other spinoff media. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I saw Batman animated series. Those girls liked each other a lot more than they let on. 
Mm, well, yeah, well, yeah, and well, I mean, in the comic books, I mean, I still remember, you know, artistic uh, shots of the countryside and the city and stuff like that as Harley and Ivy talked, and it wasn't until the last panel that you saw Harley getting out of bed while Ivy was still in there. You know, it's like they couldn't bring themselves to actually show them being lovers. They had to. It's like this is the company that normalized fridging women, right? For, and for you can't comics. show that. This is yeah. going, you don't want to sell that because why they'll sell every other exploitive thing, exploitative kind of thing in there. Yeah, it's 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 gotten to a point where I'm like, what exactly is the problem? You know, if anything, most people prefer the Harley Ivy relationship. And, but it's like, no, we're going to, you know, we're going to do punchline. We're going to get Harley back with Joker and all these. It's God. Yeah. There's a reason I don't have any DC books on my pull list. I still, I still say if you want a romance with some madness to it, Gomez and Morticia are still the gold standard. He's not wrong. Yep. And that's good madness. That's good relationship goals because they have a solid relationship. They love each other. They have kids that are well-adjusted for how they are, not well-adjusted mm. to the societal norm, but the kids respect their parents and things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like Wade and Vanessa, you know, your crazy compliments my crazy. It's not, I have broken your mind, and now you are hopelessly devoted to me. No, that's not how this works. It's like, it's like, the, it's like the Ray and Kylo uh, fan, fan fickers out there. It's like, oh it was a piece yeah. of dick. Yeah. <laughs> How are you saying that this is true love when all he does is just put, is just put her through the through the grinder like that? I still don't get how John Boyega caught so much crap from making fun of Raylo and being like, "This is a terrible relationship," and like half the fandom was all over him, and then devolved into being racist towards him. I'm like John Boyega doesn't deserve that. No, uh, but I I may be a fan of things, but there's times where I just look at the fandom and go like, "How? I don't get it." So yeah. I just kind of. But the, but then you got things like this that seem to be catered specifically to the shipping crowd, and it's like n- no, and and yeah, it, either it's a, either it's a public school, which means Bruce Wayne should not be there, or it's a private school, in which case Jack Napier should not be there because she specifically points out he doesn't have money. So it's like, which is it? <laughs> What's going on here? So yeah, the uh, like I said, it makes it it makes Rob it makes uh, Rob Pattinson's Batman look like look like Tim Burton's Batman in comparison. So I'm honestly hoping for the most emo Batman of all time. When you have a bat logo made out of the gun that killed your parents, and you wear it in your costume, you are king of the emo Batman. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Pattinson actually a pretty good actor. I'm cautiously optimistic about what he can do as the character, not necessarily the movie. But he I will be honest. Him. I read Twilight because once anything hits the zeitgeist big enough, I usually go and read it. Like fucking Dan Brown's Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, stuff like that. I read Twilight. It is garbage writing. It is some of the worst words in a string of work making a sentence I've ever read in my life. I rewatched all those films with the garbage story they were given. The acting in those films actually isn't that bad. And Robert Pattinson actually isn't that bad of an actor, even in those garbage movies. <laughs> well, well, it's it's psychologically damaging. It's I mean, I used to have a have a friend online, and she loved the Twilight Saga to the point where she actually had a life size standee of Edward that she put outside her bedroom window for while she slept. And I'm like, oh, okay. that's yeah, that, creepy. Yeah, yeah, that was when I started uh, dialing back the friendship a little bit. I'm like, uh, that's weird. Yeah, it's 
I, I just, you know, it's like I said, it's psychologically damaging. It's really dumb. And the people who think that this is a genuine expression of love are like, no, no. What do you guys, what do oh, you guys? Oh, no, say? no. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it's Pattison. I mean, like I said, I didn't like Twilight. So I was afraid of the past. My concerns about the Batman movie are more from what I heard about the script, because this was a script that Affleck was trying to get pushed through back when Zack Snyder was still running things. And there was, there was talk about how he did not like the script because it didn't make any sense. And Warner Brothers was basically like, no, everyone's going to come for the action sequences. And because of Batman, we don't need to make a coherent script. And he was still in the middle of trying to get it fixed when, uh, when everything went south. So Pattinson could or could not work. I'm more scared about the story and the direction it's going to take. That's the part that has me that has me really afraid of the movie, but compared to what they're doing with Gotham High, it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking Arson Wells. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and just to keep in mind, they have time now. They could course correct Batman some if they chose to, because they've shut down production because That's of the true. coronavirus pandemic right now. So theoretically, they could continue to doctor that script a little bit if there were issues with it. I, I tend to believe there probably are, just because there tend to be with most comic book movies anymore, script issues of some kind. Well, and it also depends on who's, uh, on who's in charge of things. I mean, let's face it. The guy who made suicide squad pretty much let that thing roll off the rails the way it did. I can guarantee you James Gunn had a lot more say in how his suicide squad rolls out than, than, uh, than, yeah. than, uh, than Ayers did. So it'll be a question of yeah, how much control Matt Reeves actually has over this Batman. If it is the Matt Reeves Batman or if mm -hmm. it is a DC production and he got to show up and direct. Right. Like, it's, yeah, it's a question of who's actually running the show. So you're talking yeah. the difference between the current phase of Marvel movies versus, say, phase two, where they're like, you'll do things our way or uh, you're gone. Yeah. Or. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, well, it's still kind of that way. I mean, how I mean, uh, the guy for Doctor Strange, too, he left pretty quick, didn't he? Scott Derrickson. Yeah. Because yeah, Marvel it, it, wanted to go less horror is what I had read. And, yeah. But then they went Sam Raimi, so <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it, it's 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 where I can, I understand why the Marvel movies are the way they are. They are very producer centric because you need somebody keeping things consistent. So I don't fault uh, Feige for for having as much control as he does. You know, Warner Brothers' idea of having directors express their vision was good in practice, was good in theory, but in practice, it's a disaster. You yep. need somebody keeping keeping a handle on things. You, you know, prepare basically a, a four movie universe mm -hmm. of their crap Justice League versus a 22 film lead up to the ultimate battle in comic book movies ever that mm -hmm. makes an entire 22 film franchise one story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Kevin Feige wins. Right. <laughs> And not only that, but also because, frankly, a lot of the DC movies just felt they didn't feel like movies in themselves. They felt more like like uh, like preview trailers of what's coming next. You know, doesn't this look awesome instead of actually giving you a movie? It's like, oh, yeah. but wait till you see what we have planned. And it just, yeah, they, and they did the dark universe. They tried yeah. to jump into a universe and have an overarching connected blah, 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 without ever just making a good fucking movie. With John Favreau wasn't in building. Yeah, John Favreau wasn't building the MCU. Favreau was making an Iron Man film, and he mm -hmm. made the best fucking Iron Man film he could. And because of that, great things happened. But he didn't go into that thinking they were going to make the MCU. Right. Nobody well, thought James Gunn would make Guardians of the Galaxy a moneymaker. Yeah, Nobody that, thought that was going to work. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, and keep in mind that Faz and Downey Jr. improvised most of the movie. Right. There was a, the, there was a writer well, strike going on, so there and, was no script. Yeah. And that was after fighting to get Robert Downey Jr. because Fobbs knew that's who he needed. And nobody wanted to insure him because he was a fucking risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's you know, Faz has never let me down. There's As much as I want to try the Mandalorian, I'm just too afraid of Kennedy and everybody sticking their fingers in it and ruining it. But, oh, Mandalorian was great. Oh, yeah, I, was great. I, I, I've heard. I just don't want... I just don't want to get hooked on another show only to have it just spiral out of control. You know, it could, it could turn out like space 1999 where you suddenly have this tone shift that has nothing to do with what you were doing before. You're just like, what? Remember, there's a reason I keep talking about the first season of Sequest, not Sequest itself. Fair. Because when that shift hit, it's like, wait, what just happened? You know, it's like a completely different show now. So, you know, it, it literally was Star Trek underwater starting with that second season. And it just wasn't the same for me. I know they had to do something to fix the ratings in that. But at the same time, if you try and view it as a complete work, it's it's too much of a total shift. You know, it was you look a weird at, show. I remember watching it live as it was coming on on NBC. Like, that was a weird show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, fir- the first season was great. I mean, it was a very grounded, very real. It was kind of like the Andromeda strain. It was a realistic. It was genuine science fiction, not science fantasy. But with the second season, it went full-blown science fantasy, and now you got aliens and genetic engineering and the sequest going into space and that. And it just... Uh, it, 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 well, I guess I just get very afraid of trying new shows because I'm too afraid of what happens if the show is a hit and suddenly everybody wants in on the credit for it. So I tend to be, I, I tend to be very, very cautious. And that's the boat The Mandalorian is in. Much as I love Favs, I'm, he, he, gave, he helped us get the Orville off the ground. He's done great stuff, but Lucasfilm is is just. Did you did you see that uh, that video for uh, for uh, for Star Wars: The High Republic, where they got the whiteboard with all the things that they wish to have in there? No, yeah. because I knew I wasn't going to consume it, so I didn't bother torturing myself with it. Okay, yeah, a lot of people online were complaining because in two different spots on the board it mentions diversity. Diversity in Star Wars is not the problem. The problem is, is ahead of diversity on the list, it has dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs don't go in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> dinosaurs fucks. would be hella fun, though, let's be honest. <laughs> There's already well, dinosaurs in the Star Wars universe. Didn't you watch Rebels? There's a force dinosaur named Butu. What? <laughs> well, that answers your question about whether or not I watch Rebels. So. There you go. There's should, already dinosaurs. Show. Okay, well, still, I want to see you, dinosaurs with lightsabers. Bring it on! Just give me more Star Wars. I love the fucking Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> just, it just, I just, I just don't trust the current crew running Lucasfilm. I know the Mandalorian was great, but no one was expecting the Mandalorian to be a hit. And now that it's a hit, everyone wants in on it. So, if season two of the Mandalorian, they, they hung those Disney Plus off the Mandalorian. Yeah, everybody expected it to be a hit. Putting John Favreau and Dave Fellini in charge, everybody expected it to be a hit. Disagree. And the reason I say disagree is because if they were expecting The Mandalorian to be a hit, we would have had Baby Yoda toys out the ass by now. No, We've no, no. no. Already talked about Favreau that. It's because you that. can't produce it beforehand because it gets leaked. And we do have them coming out the ass right now. They literally just released the life-size Hasbro fucking child. 
Now, yes, now, but Disney doesn't yeah. let marketing opportunities go to go to waste. I do not believe that they would not have had factories with like tons of Disney, the same company that didn't have baby groups ready at the end of Guardians One. Yeah, you can't do toys ahead of schedule. It's just a fact. Because if they'd have had baby groups on the shelves when Guardians hit that first weekend, they would have sold a billion units. The first fucking weekend that movie was in theaters. If oh, they'd have had baby groups dancing in a pot on the shelves ready to go. But I they couldn't because I people would have known. I uh, it still took them I mean, it still took them over a year to get them in the stores though. I mean, I knew people who were making their own dancing groups. So. Same with uh, the Baby Yodas. But the play that Disney yeah. had here when it comes to Baby Yoda is, I honestly think they've had the long-term plan and were sold on the fact that, hey, the buzz you're going to get after episode one is going to help Disney Plus more than having a bunch of Baby Yoda toys that might get leaked. Yeah. And let's be honest, I think they figured that people are still going to buy them even if they didn't come out six to 12 months later. Let's be honest, Baby Yoda, despite Mandalorian not being on right now, still very much in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, I have oh. a, I have like four pre-ordered toys of the child coming. <laughs> it's officially called the child. It's that not Baby correct. Yoda. Uh, d- uh, d- uh, yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, one, of my, one of my supervisors who makes fun of me for cosplay, he actually learned how to knit so he could knit a Baby Yoda to put on his desk. And there he you go. Brought, I said it before and I'll say it again. Everyone's a geek about something. It's just exactly. a question of what. Exactly. Everyone has something they're passionate and care about. Some people it's sports. Some people it's Star Wars, comics, whatever. Everyone geeks it's... out over different things. You can't tell me, and I will say this as someone who plays fantasy football, that shit is geeky as hell. It's just a different kind of geek, especially when you start getting into these debates with people about, well, I got this guy in the second round, and it was a steal because his average draft value was this, and blah, 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 blah. Fantasy yeah. football is and geeky they say as hell, that, and I love it. If they say that wearing a jersey, remind them that they're cosplaying. Right? God, yeah. I'm ready for fantasy football. <laughs> Sorry, this is my brief aside. Well, well, th- well, and also think about all the people discussing stats. It's like, yeah, he has these percentages and stuff like that. Tell me that's not the same as saying he's got 18s across the board. He I'm rolled not. for initiative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're 100% right. <laughs> it's it's the same thing. The only question is what you're using to do it with. 100% correct. Now, before we transition off the news, I have to say, Willie, uh, how do you feel about all we talked about? Nothing still. <laughs> I just can't get that man to say a word. Normally, Normally, he's talking all the time. This is Willie Nelson, and I just want to say that if you shit at work, you don't have to worry about using up your own toilet paper. <laughs> you know, there's something... He ain't wrong. He ain't he wrong. Ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Because you still can't find toilet paper. And that, there was someone I was working with who said something to that effect, only a bit more PC because it was the workplace. Goes, man, if I poo at work, I don't have to worry about my toilet paper at home. Hey, I cheated. One of the one of the guys on the Coder channel, he said he sent me a link, said, here, you need because I live alone. So I'm I had like three rolls left. So I wasn't that worried. And he sent me a link. I said, what's this? He says, I work for a camping supply store. People aren't looking there. They're looking in the grocery stores. We got plenty. So I managed to get a bunch that at least get me through it. And so, but yeah, it was camping supply stores because people associate that with camping and not, you know, the bare necessities that they need. Pun intended. So yeah, yeah, ch- yeah, take a, yeah, oh, fuck, forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't even notice that. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I saw a tweet uh, online, a guy saying that Asian, you know, he says Asian grocery stores are practically empty so you can get your supplies and strike a blow against racism. 
And a Chinese shop owner jumped on Twitter and said, why are you spilling our secrets, white man? (laughs) 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 But, okay. Anyway, but yeah, so, uh, so we have Gotham High coming out. It's apparently an attempt to uh, to, to turn uh, Batman into the Twilight Saga. It looks really, really bad. And uh, I'm just I'm just amazed. I understand that they're trying to get more people interested, but this is not how you do it. Well, and the fact like Batman still has like seven monthly books, like they need more interest in Batman. Well, it, it's it's a young adult book. Remember the average age of comic book readers. They're trying basically after doing everything they can to kill off uh, outside readers and keep their own little uh, insulated market. Now they're trying to expand it, but they don't know how anymore. Remember, I was there when Marvel d- hit the deluged the market with stuff just to kill off Eclipse in first comics. I I've been there through the uh, through the image transition. I've been through I've been there when they get when Diamond, who was extremely hostile to indies, got the keys to the candy store and fi- instead of Capital City, who let pretty much anyone distribute through them. They have been steadily killing off their audience, and now no. they suddenly need to expand it, and they don't know what to do. So, how about a young adult novel where that reads like someone's bad that that reads like a bad slash pick? Okay, so it's a it's a desperation move. It, it, it's right out. Of, it, it's a desperation move out of Street Fighter Four. I mean, wow, <laughs> not wrong. Yeah, I'm still adding any DC books to my pull list. I'm good. I don't have any on mine currently <laughs> either. But my pull list has gotten kind of a small as of late. Yeah, my pull list is extremely small. I usually just wait until they go in the quarter box because they most of them go in there anyway. Because most of them, frankly, are not worth spending that much on. I mean, I, I remember, I, I remember actually going to the comic shop every week during the No Man's Land storyline because it was so awesome. And then I remember calling the comic mm. book shop saying, "Yeah, I'll be in like next month during the White Rabbit storyline in the Dark Knight." It's like, God, that was so dumb. <laughs> And you th- and you think Batman? I I understand that there's not a lot of paranormal uh, powers in the Batman universe, but there's a few. You know, Poison Ivy. It's hinted at depending on who's writing her. You have Clayface. You think he would at least consider the possibility, especially with Superman, everyone running around. Maybe this woman can can split her body in two and do this shit. The only bright side is that the writer got fired and they had to truncate the story. So we were all, so we only had to deal with that for about a year. <laughs> You're not wrong. Scott Scott Snyder is one of the best things to happen to Batman ever, and it came at the expense of the White Rabbit, which is just which is just icing on the cake. Yeah, I do miss Scott. I enjoyed Scott Snyder's multiple different runs. I also enjoyed Kyle Higgins' run on Nightwing. I do not like at all what they've done to Nightwing in recent memory, and we'll just leave it at that because we don't need the rain. It, it, it's. It, uh, I still gotta say, fuck you, Dan Didio. <laughs> Hey, if if they still had Wally West to kick around, what Nightwing would be just fine. But hey, we need that. We need a new. We need a new stunt monkey, and he's it. Didn't they basically turn him into Doctor Manhattan or something like that? I haven't been paying close attention. I don't know. I get after after it became clear that that Wally was going to be the Rory Williams of the DC universe, the yeah. man who keeps dying. I pretty much gave up. <laughs> So I don't even bother with the Flash anymore, other than anything that might uh, impact anything else that I'm reading. I just gave up trying. You know, I don't even get upset when they, yeah, now they're going to do this to Wally. I'm like, yeah, figures. Moving on. (laughs) You know, you hear Wally West, you figure he's going to take it up the ass. So just get it out of the way now. Yeah, you're not exactly wrong. But at least it's content to keep people entertained. I mean... (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, like Gotham High is content to keep people entertained. It sucks Uh, the big one, but it's keeping entertained. Well, let's talk about entertainment that people might more enjoy. And why I bring that up is we teased it last week (laughs) and kind of a recurring bit we're going to do while we're all shut up in our houses due to the coronavirus pandemic is what we are calling the Cabin Fever Playlist. And we do have some suggestions that have come in for content that people could consume while they're stuck at home that is entertaining or that they can enjoy and hopefully distract from the fact that they can't go and do things they would want to do outside right now or rather that they shouldn't. You probably could, just don't do it. So over the next few weeks, we'll sprinkle some of these things in and when we've got guests on, we'll actually invite them to contribute. But if you have suggestions for how you would like to contribute to our Cabin Fever playlist... It is going in the chat room right now. The short link, which is bit.ly slash ATGN Cabin Fever. ATGN and the first letters of Cabin and Fever, both capitalized. That takes you to our Google Doc, where you can put some suggestions of your own into play. So we'll kick off our first round of the ATGN Cabin Fever playlist by saying, Willie Nelson, what do you got for us this week? I was an ugly fucking child. <laughs> I know what Willie was going to say, which is the fact it's an email link or not an email, a news article I sent you guys in the ATG and chat this week, which is until mid April, Pornhub has given everyone free premium access. So that's true. That's but you probably, do have to sign up with a credit card. Oh, do you? I didn't know that. I didn't go that far down the path, but <laughs> I'm sure Willie, he'll know a lot more about that. Next time he's on the show, he can I'm sure Willie already that. has premium. You guys yeah, can just yeah. tweet him at South Porky and ask how Pornhub premium is treating him. You need a credit card. Oh man. If only there was a way to get porn for free on the internet instead. Oh yeah. Go to Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, you can still get the free stuff. This is just the premium stuff that's free. <laughs> I don't know why you would need premium stuff with all the free stuff they've got on that website. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need we need one person to pay for the service, rip all the stuff off there, and put it up for free elsewhere. So somebody's gonna have to take the bullet. Yeah. So let's go back to the Cabin Fever playlist. What we'll do this week is give everyone a chance to offer one or two things. I did get some stuff from the Discord. And we'll save some stuff for later down the road and people can enjoy it. So, Bachman, you're number one on the list. What was your first suggestion in our Cabin Fever playlist? It's the one thing I always use anytime I need a laugh. It's guaranteed comedy. It's supposedly about fantasy football. It has nothing to do with fantasy football. Don't let that distract you at all. It is a group of six or seven of the funniest comedians in the world and Steven Renazizi. And it's it's Fair. the best thing. It's the best thing that. Oh shit! Um, Ruxin. Well, what's Ruxin's real name? Nick Kroll. Yeah, this Nick Kroll. It's the best thing Nick Kroll's ever done in his life. It's better than Big Mouth. It's better than Nick Kroll's crew. Him as Ruxin on the league for seven seasons is the greatest thing ever. It's about a bunch of idiots that play fantasy football together, and they are the worst people they know. I've rewatched the entire seven seasons now for four times. I just finished a rewatch again. I love it. Uh, the guy that plays uh, Taco has some of the funniest, like just comedy skit songs online. He came up with the song Vaginal Hubris and made a rap out of it. It's it's just fucking pure comedy. It's a bunch of idiots just destroying each other's lives to play fantasy football and win a stupid trophy. And it never, ever fails to make me laugh. No matter how bad my day is going, no matter how shitty life is, you put on the league, you will feel better about yourself. It's guaranteed. It is pretty delightful. And you don't necessarily have to like football to get most of the jokes. Some of them are football dependent, but you don't have to enjoy it. It's more about 
these people are ginormous assholes and don't realize it because of how they play fantasy football and how they treat each other while playing fantasy football. It's hilarious. I, I may have bought it on uh, Vudu ages ago, and now I'm seeing that it, it might be available on Hulu, which means I would not have to pay separately for it. So damn you. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. the league the league is free on Hulu. Uh, let's go to one from the Discord right now, which comes from Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, in the Discord, suggests Star Wars The Clone Wars, and in our uh, link on the playlist, gave the preferred viewing order of Clone Wars, because I guess some things are out of order. As someone who has watched, I would say, probably 75-85% of the show, I haven't seen it all yet, that could be really helpful. But if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, now's a chance to do it. They're airing the very final season of The Clone Wars right now. Yes, it came back after like six years of not putting fresh content out. Dave Filoni's back. They've updated it. Slightly upgraded uh, animation style. Totally worth watching. I've really enjoyed it. And once you watch that, you could nicely go into Star Wars Rebels, which was the first thing I had suggested, (laughs) which I think is honestly some of the best Star Wars we've seen in modern times. Dave Filoni understands Star Wars better than anyone that they've brought in to make the last three movies. Yes, I said that right now. J.J. Abrams' Star Wars sucks. He is George Lucas Jr., like Dave Filoni has made more Star Wars than anybody. Yeah. And that you can also find on Disney Plus. I would if you're a Star Wars fan, Rebels and Clone Wars, very good content. They fill in a lot of gaps that the movies couldn't. And Rebels takes place between episode three and episode four, and they actually start taking characters from Star Wars Rogue One and having them show up in this series. And Forrest Whitaker reprises his role multiple times, so it's kind of cool to be like, yep. Oh wow, you're taking these big stars from Hollywood and tossing them in there that's pretty slick so that's a couple initial suggestions sailor poland i'm sure you had some suggestions of your own which is i believe why he has to come on even to begin with so please (laughs) provide some for us okay well i want to start off with one that that came uh shout out to uh my buddy dieter in germany who's last week he mentioned a movie and i'm like i gotta see this and i managed to get the dvd delivered on friday and i've watched it it's a movie called dave made a maze and it's a very, it's a very, it, it's a, it's a, it's a horror comedy, but it's really, it's tough to describe. It's a, the, the gist of it is that Dave is an artist who, who has never really finished any of his projects. And one day his girlfriend comes home and there's this cardboard box in the middle of the living room. And she hears Dave inside it. He says he's trapped and he doesn't want her coming in because, he, because he's lost inside of it. Well, she gets a bunch of people and they decide, okay, how bad can this be? And it turns out it's it's grown inside and he is trapped in it. And everything in there is made of cardboard, but it can kill you. Uh, a cardboard saw blade cuts off a woman's head, but instead of blood, it's confetti and streamers shooting out of her neck. And they have to find a way to finish the maze so that they can destroy it and escape. And uh, it's it's an excellent example of, of, low, of low budget filmmaking because... You know, instead of having to build elaborate sets and stuff like that, it's cardboard boxes everywhere. And mm. the story is great. It's very funny. It's it's kind of, it's kind of like the Evil Dead in a way, only not as bloody. I'm but it intrigued. does have the, it does have that it does have that demented twist of mind to it. And uh, he suggested I gave it a shot. It was a blast. So it's from 2017. <laughs> so I highly recommend Dave Made a Maze. It's great stuff. 
weirdly written and directed by Bill Watterson, not that Bill Watterson. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, I had I, when I saw the I name, thought. I had to look. I'm like, wait, no, this is not the Calvin and Hobbes guy. It's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Same name, different guy. Mm. <laughs> uh, another recommendation, and this is one that if you are a movie buff like I am, you cannot resist this movie. It's called The Velocipaster. It's about a <laughs> okay. It's about a missionary. It's about a missionary who has the power to turn into a dinosaur, but he's afraid of his power. But a hooker convinces him to use his powers to fight the mob and ninjas. Uh, uh, where do I find this? I watch it's, this. It's it's on Netflix. I have the DVD. I think it's on a couple of other streaming services, but it is on Netflix. I'm, I'm looking and this up right is, now. And I, yeah, and I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like. This is the greatest movie I've seen all year. This this is like going to Burger King. They know what you want. Here you go. <laughs> Sorry for so everyone the, watching live. You got to hear like three seconds of Netflix's Tiger King uh, promo playing because I forgot to disable autoplay on Netflix. <laughs> so, yeah, the Velocipaster is brilliant, brilliant stuff. You're going to love it. Uh, if you have a region-free DVD player, I recommend uh, Yez Yerzy, which is Polish for George the Hedgehog. It's an anime movie from 2011 uh, about this anthropomorphic hedgehog who lives in Warsaw. And for some reason, some scientists are chasing him to try and steal his DNA so that they can clone him. And uh, it's the art style is done in the underground art style, so it's like seeing the Freak Brothers brought to life. It is very weird, very twisted. It is very cynical. Uh, the politician in there in particular is a royal asshole. And it is very warped and very funny. I can, If you have a region-free player or can play Region 2 discs, I can't recommend Yez Yerzy enough. It is great stuff. And uh, for the more conventional among you, because I know not everybody uh, enjoys, uh, enjoys Off the Beaten Path, if you can find a copy of it, Phineas and Ferb Mission Marvel is Ooh. hilarious, great stuff. Phineas and Ferb is always good, but when they did the crossover with the Marvel heroes, they just knocked it out of the park. It is hilarious. It is genuine. It is basically anybody that decides they're going to try and do some kind of a project based on existing properties needs to look at how these guys did it and study it because they made us feel organic. They made it feel fun. It did not feel like a cash in. It just felt like an opportunity for more jokes. So I so Mission Marvel from Phineas and Ferb is great stuff. I would highly I think it's on DVD. So if you can get that, go for it. Uh, chat room uh, Haru Fonzik says it's on Disney Plus. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know it. There's only a couple of spots where it slows down a little bit, but I mean the one of the creators, Swampy Marsh. You know he's one of the guys behind Rocco's Modern Life. Here's the bottom line. Anybody that can sneak an Evil Dead reference into a Disney cartoon automatically gets my respect. And he <laughs> did it. Fair. So, so that'll, oh, and uh, just, uh, just one more because I know that this movie bombed at the box office, so this might be a good time to revisit it. The Losers, based on the DC comic book and starring Chris Hell Evans. Hell yeah. That one's fun. It was, it well, was a not great Not just one. Chris Evans. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson was in there too, right? No, no. Then who am I thinking of? Because I know Morgan there was, some... but yeah, D fucking Negan's in it. Fucking uh, Chris Evans is in it. Idris Elba's in it. Yeah, okay, yeah. And um, uh, Gamora, I think, is the actual female. Zoe um, yeah, Zoe Saldana, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah it's... it's got 
everybody who became a great comic book actor later on is in the losers and nobody saw it except me and I think the guys that made the comic. And <laughs> yeah, I own I, it on DVD. I fucking love it. It's one of the yeah. best comic book movies ever. Yeah, I I haven't. I've been I was going through stuff for the great movie drive, and it's like I haven't watched this in a while. And it's like all I remember was how much fun I had, like watching the yeah. team. So Yes, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Zoe Saldana, Chris Evans, Idris Elba, Columbus Short, Oscar Janeda, and Jason Patrick. It's an amazing cast. And mm-hmm. it's a CIA black ops team that dies and then decides to get revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff. So, yeah, if you're, it, you know, give that a shot. And so those are my recommendations, at least for now. I got others, uh, you know, if, if you can, if you can spring the cash. All seasons of Static Shock are available for DVD on demand. I highly recommend yes. that. Great show. Nice. Yeah, yeah, not not as not an official store release, but you will get them on DVD and it will be master quality. So go for that. That's pretty slick. That being said, I think that does wrap up our first installment of updates for the Cabin Fever playlist. We'll keep them coming. Please give us your submissions. You can see the link in the chat room. It'll also be in the show notes for where you can provide some additional content for what people can dig into while we're all locked inside the house. And hey, maybe one day we won't have to keep updating this list, but it could be a while, guys. So please, (laughs) if you're thinking about going out and wandering the city or something like that, no, no, just go watch some of this stuff on the Cabin Fever playlist or watch some other content. Don't go out in the world unless you have to. We beg you, don't be dumb. Don't make it worse for other people out there. That being said, we have hit the end of the show. Before we wrap things up with a little segment called What I'm Into, I did want to throw things to Willie one last time, see if he had any thoughts on the Cabin Fever playlist. Just go to Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Willie. We do appreciate that uh, that valuable feedback. <laughs> oh, this is going to be the greatest bit ever when someone's not on the show. <laughs> I'm just glad you don't have a picture of me with a quote like that. Jesus. Well, I mean, yeah, I probably do have some Willie quotes. We could make it seem like he is actually here if we wanted to. That's true. You got now, now I'm scared of what creepy. you guys are going to do with my picture. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Let's put a Peter G quote in there. Uh, fuck me with a square dick. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure I have other Willie quotes on here. I just I can't find it right now, but we can just go to an old standby knocky one. Willie, I think you're just stupid. There we go. Yeah. Naki. <laughs> who doesn't love the who doesn't love the classics? Uh, it's a it's classic. True. That quote's probably four years old, five years old at this point. But who cares? We're going to keep rocking it. That being said, we are going to shut this thing down. It's our segment called "What I'm Into." It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and/or nerdy things we've been getting into, so that maybe, just maybe, you'll want to check them out yourselves. And hey. It kind of ties in with this whole Cabin Fever playlist. Some of these things we're getting into, you may want to check out as well, which keeps you from feeling as isolated and bored in your house. So this is like a continuation of the playlist. That's how I look at it. Uh, let's kick it off. Let's start with our guest and kick things off first. Peter G, a.k.a. Sailor Poland. What do you mean getting into? Well, uh, other than uh, other than uh, Dave made a playlist, uh, I completed the great movie drive, or at least as much as I could. So it's an iExpand, which means it'll work on an iPad or on a regular drive. 256 gig, 411 DVD quality movies on it. So I think I did okay. Uh, <laughs> believe me, I could easily put more on there, but they don't make bigger iExpand drives. 
And uh, so I got that. Uh, like I said, with the overtime easing up at work, I'm now able to actually start getting back to doing creative stuff. So I'm getting back into sewing and trying to create and I'm trying to figure out I've got the itch. So I want to make a new cosplay. I'm just trying to decide what yet. And the animation studio is now back in operation. So I'm back to working on the Sailor Poland movie, which is now coming along. Uh, and I'm going to do a second. I wasn't expecting to do this, but I'm going to do a second episode of Notice Me Senpai Batman because with DC released a statue of Harley and Ivy and uh, Harley's and Ivy's sitting there kind of seductive and Harley's behind her. But the ad copy reads as anything other than they had anything going on. They're two best friends who are always there for each other. So in a fit of sarcasm, I came up with a Notice Me Senpai Batman 2 where uh, Batgirl, because she's obsessed with with being Batman's uh, girlfriend, she, did, she when she notices the principal is the principal who is Dean Didio is trying to break up Harley and Ivy. So she's afraid that he's going to try and set one of them up with her boyfriend Bruce. And so she begins a campaign to try and stop him. Like I said, the whole point of it is to be on how unhinged the obsessed Batgirl is. So and targeting DC and its straight washing of Harley and Ivy. I can't pass that up. I got to do that. So the animation studio is actually starting to get rolling again now that, you know, on the bad side, we got the coronavirus. But on the bright side, it has eased up the overtime to the point where I can actually get back to doing stuff I need to do. Like uh, the script for uh, for the for the animated movie that I've been trying to collaborate on with a friend of mine for a year and a half. I haven't been able to do it. Now I can. And uh, they'll have an archive up eventually. But on Friday... Uh, so a bunch of a bunch of uh, high schoolers who are doing like film classes and stuff like that are going to be interviewing me about the creative process and about animation in general. And once the archive goes up, I'll let you know. But this Friday, I'm going to be uh, interviewed by a bunch of people who want to know about animation. And apparently, they're tired of the canned answers from the Pixar staff, and they decided to go with a renegade. And my time to shine. And nice. I will be dressed formal. I will not be dressed like this for it. <laughs> <laughs> there is such a thing as going too far. <laughs> Save that for later. So that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much my end of things. is a re- is a revival of of the animation of getting back into the swing of my artistic stuff. Well, that's exciting. I mean, and that, that's the thing that we kind of touched on at the top of the show. That's kind of getting overlooked by some folks. Is I guess the positive, if we have to have a positive, to everyone being shut up, is it means that we can start readdressing some of our projects we've been working on be it creative projects housework things like that and yeah and that that might be helpful i don't know i'm trying to find the positive side of things mm-hmm. somewhere hey for it's it's positive for me because it's like, how can you stand being home all day well i have an as yet unabated hatred of the world and all my stuff is here so i'm doing pretty good as long as the freezer's still full so that i can prepare food i can make it and i had plenty of toilet paper so i didn't need to worry about that and you yeah, know what it, as the lady at walgreens put it Worst comes to worst, most of my toilets are right next to a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. And, and yeah, you want yourself guys, money. Pro tip, guys, you can still get a $30 bidet attachment for your toilet on Amazon if you can't find <laughs> toilet paper. So just get a bidet. You'll be fresh and clean. <laughs> Speaking of what I've been getting into, I installed a bidet. No, I'm just kidding. I did not install a bidet. <laughs> I don't have any in the house. But stuff I've been getting into... Uh, one Willie Nelson and my wife convinced me I should play the new Animal Crossing game, and that is all I have done since I uh, bought Animal Crossing. And it's that—that's the biggest time sinks to Stardew Valley. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically Stardew Valley, and I've had a bunch of fun just randomly exploring the island, finding things, traveling to Willie's. I went to Willie Nelson's island last night, 
And he let me rampage through his forest and steal all the fruit and veggies and fruit hanging on the trees so I could print, not print, plant my own. It's been a lot of fun. I'm going to go to Naki's Island next time she's online. She did come to Willie's Island while I was on the island. So we had a mini ATG and reunion as three hosts were on the, uh, I can't remember the name of Willie's Island. I don't know, but it was a ton of fun. And it's a great time sink. And if we did not have to stay at home and be quarantined due to coronavirus, I probably would not be having as much fun with it, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, because I the first time I played Stardew Valley, I'm like, man, this is really pedestrian, stuff like that. And I look up, I've been playing for 10 hours. Fuck. <laughs> and that's what I picture Animal Crossing is like. It's like, yeah, and you're, you're like, wait, how long have I been playing this? Really? <laughs> Um, what else have I been getting into? I finished Star Trek Picard this week, and they went fan service really hard. The last two episodes feel very different than the rest of the show. I will still say I enjoyed it, but they crammed a lot of resolution into two episodes so that they could pretty much start season two afresh. I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything like that, but I, I enjoyed it. I realized I was being pandered to while I watched it with the things that happened, but I was okay enough with it and i still think the best episode they did of the entire series was the episode that was with jonathan frakes marina sirtis and uh, patrick stewart pretty much hanging out on a planet together while Riker makes pizza it, <laughs> it it just hit those right emotional beats and those right emotional points the things you didn't necessarily get to see in the next gen which was how close these folks all became you started to be able to go and see and we already know picard's been renewed for season two and three which they're going to film i guess at the exact same time to reduce production costs. And I'm curious who all they're going to get from the next gen cast going forward. I would assume that a LeVar Burton's probably someone they could get. I imagine he wouldn't mind coming back to do, um, well, brain fart to do star Trek again. I'm curious to see what all they do with it. I, like I said, I did enjoy the, I enjoyed the end, but I realized I was getting pandered to. And I realized that, they completely accelerated the pace of things to wrap season one in basically two episodes. It's, it's Star Trek. That's better than discovery. That's a pretty low bar. I, I realized that <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. Let's be honest though. If it wasn't Sir Patrick Stewart in it, no one would have cared. It's because Sir Patrick Stewart is on it that I think at least in my case, I was able to overlook things that probably would have annoyed me more because it's a delight to see him back in that role again. And I did enjoy some of the new characters they introduced to us. And I will say the three or four episodes of Star Trek Picard that Jerry Ryan appeared as Seven of Nine in, she got to do so much more with that character than she did in like three and a half seasons on Voyager. Damn. Well, then again, I mean, it is, it is the first Star Trek show that's just a person's name, right? Right. Like, it, it's really all about Pickard. Like, it, it ain't about Star Trek. It's about Jean-Luc being a badass. A 90-year-old badass because Picard is 91 or 92 years old. <laughs> In canon. Patrick Stewart, I believe, is 78. And still hasn't aged a day since Next Generation started. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> that dude got dipped in the Lazarus pit, I swear. No joke. And if you guys are watching live right now, I see the chat room is going crazy trying to reconnect off and on. If it keeps doing it, I'm just going to disable it. So sorry to everyone who's watching live or watching later who'd want to see the chat comments. I think the chat room has uh, freaked out and I might have to disable it. Uh, other stuff I'm getting into... Started watching the, uh, what's the Netflix series? That Tiger whatever thing last night. My Tiger wife, King. Tiger King. We watched like three episodes last night. We we're going to watch one. The next thing I knew it was 11 o'clock and we just finished three episodes. It's super weird. It's super crazy. And everyone involved is a nut job. And when you can't leave your house because you're not. 
Basically, Tiger King, what all of us would be like once we get our our coronavirus stimulus checks. <laughs> yeah, you're not you wrong. Responsibly. <laughs> I'm buying a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> it, and getting that hairstyle. It continues that Netflix finds ways to just make super weird content that just goes crazy on the internet and everyone starts talking about so that more people consume it. Netflix has found that perfect niche of niche rather of we're going to buy or we're going to make this weird ass content and we're going to put it out there and then everyone's going to talk about it and you'll watch it. It happened with that love is blind. It happened with this. It's happened with a lot of the other newer programs they've had. They just find weird shit that people are like, I guess I'll give this a try. And with everyone on quarantine, not able to leave the house, I think we're all a lot more open to watching weird crap like that. It seems like they've got like the people on staff at Netflix, like either producers or showrunners or whoever that like when someone actually goes to, you know, the executive producer and says, Hey, uh, we want you to create a viral video. It's like, we can't create a viral video. Netflix is like, well, like maybe we can, <laughs> they seem to be able yeah, to hit that fucking mark just right and fucking blow up on the internet. I wonder how they, I wonder what their thought process is and how they, kick things off to try and spread the virility of it for lack of a better term i mean what is it that goes into when they put one of these shows out and it just takes off i somehow yeah. think netflix is doing something aside from just letting the internet pick it up and run with it i don't know what i'm not a social marketing maven or anything like that hey yeah. south park does it all the time the how many things that we have on the internet start on south park yeah you know, the whole uh, step one step two step profit that came from there. Uh, the whole concept of derp in your head. Gonna, they just have that mentality that, and it just connects. Yeah, but it's a bit smarter than Tiger King, South Park's humor. <laughs> Tiger <laughs> King is, you watch and go, the hell is wrong with these people? Why can't I well, stop yeah, watching? Well, yeah, but I mean, it beats the hell out of Real Housewives. I mean, come on. Yes, it sure does at that. But that's what I've been getting into. Really, Animal Crossing, Star Trek Picard. I have been going to work, like I mentioned at the top of the show, and I wish I could say I've been getting into a ton of stuff when I get home other than like cooking dinner and watching a little bit of TV. But I I kid you not, there's less people at work now and I come back home more exhausted. And as I was thinking about it, I realized why. And it's because every time I leave my cube, I've got this list of things like, okay, you need to make sure that if you touch this, use your hands, make sure you hit the hand sanitizer. And like, I'm constantly like, ramped up situational awareness wise as to what have i done when i leave the one safe spot which is my cube <laughs> that I bleach wipe down when i come in at the beginning of the day to figure out okay i should be good to not get contaminated when like i said the grocery store is my bigger concern but i kid you not i've learned this week that i can hit the handicap buttons for the door with my knee so i don't have to touch them with anything but my jean covered knee i can hit the buttons <laughs> on our elevator with my knee as well, which is covered, which is covered by jeans and not flesh. Cause I was going to use my elbow and I went, I'm wearing short sleeves. I don't want to touch this. This is gross. So, uh, <laughs> my right knee, I've used that for everything at work that I very possibly can. And I honestly think having to put myself in that mindset of constantly double checking everything I do has just wiped me the hell out. Like I come home from work, I make dinner and I'm like, I'm going to sit on this couch for a half hour. And the next thing I know, it's like an hour later. I'm like, Oh, I fell asleep. Crap. I'm just more exhausted now than I was, than I have been any other time in my work experience. And yes, I realize it sounds like I'm bitching and moaning on the internet. That's not my intent. I'm very lucky in the fact that I still get to go to work and get paid. I'm cognizant of the fact that other people don't. It's just an awareness thing of how much it takes out of you mentally trying to keep on top of things and make sure you don't put yourself in a bad position with all this going on. 
Yeah, the draftsman nailed it in the chat room. Going to the grocery store has become angst-inducing. He's not wrong. I'm trying to do it once or twice, once or twice, excuse me, once a week or once every other week right now. And I have seemed to have found the schedule in which the grocery store I'm choosing to go to, which is not the biggest one in town, is not being hammered by people. And as long as it continues to be that case, I'll go to that store. Because like I said at the top of the show, I went in the store, everything was stocked except toilet paper. And I was able to keep my six foot distance from everyone until I got to the checkout register, until I got to the checkout, the self checkout. And then it was probably about four feet away, the closest person. So that helped. I, I fully admit that I had a bit of an anxiety about going to the store when I needed to. And I told myself, I called my wife on the way home and I said, look, I'm going to the store today because if I don't, it's just going to sit there and gnaw at me until I do tomorrow. So I'm just stopping on the way home, which ended up being a smart decision based on how it was but it is anxiety inducing i don't care for it well it's even worse if you're an empath because everybody there is so keyed up you can't help but pick up on it and just like i just want to get out of here i will give credit to the staff that was working at the store like they were on top of things i saw them wiping things down i had them ask me from an appropriate distance hey is there anything you're looking for can we help you with anything or just the simple hey how's it going today human interaction that a lot of people aren't really getting unless they're going out to go to the grocery store. So that, that helped. There's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, presumably at some point in time, it's just keep being smart. I don't know. I, I kind of made this go to a downer note. I didn't intend to, my <laughs> apologies, but Bachman, what are you getting into? Uh, like you, I hit the grocery store on Monday, uh, grabbed another case of uh, ramen. So I have almost two cases. I'm pretty much good for a while. Um, Harufan's asking the thing, did they have the six foot lines in the floor of the grocery store? They did at mine. Did they have yours at, at yours, Chris, where they actually mark off the spacing? They did not. Evidently, they've had it at Lowe's, but not at the grocery store. Okay. Like, yeah, so some stores are doing it. Some aren't there yeah. yet. About half the ones in my area have done, the other half haven't. So, yeah, it's kind of voluntary, at least in this neck of the woods. Yeah. So, yeah, so I did that. So I left the house on Monday, and I think that's the last time I left the house. Or I might have gone out and hit the red box because it was literally just use the touchscreen with my knuckle, get a couple movies, and then fucking wipe down the cases and put them back. So, yeah, watched a couple of flicks. Uh, Basically, I've just been watching crap and playing video games, Um, staying indoors and staying away from people because, well, Stay away from people. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, Has anyone else lost all sense of time with this? Like someone at oh, work yeah. was like, it's Friday. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, it is Friday. I had to remind myself to set my alarms for this morning for the podcast because <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, it's Saturday night. I have to get up tomorrow morning. Oh, right. shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so not- I finished an entire rewatch of the MCU again. So that was awesome. I just finished Far From Home um, yesterday morning. I finished uh, the League rewatch that I was working on. I'm now, I think, eight episodes into Clone Wars. Decided, what the hell? If I'm going to watch the new stuff, I'm going to go back and just watch the whole damn thing. Because Clone Wars was one of my favorite shows, and I love me some snips. So I'm rewatching all of uh, the Clone Wars saga. Just getting through that. Re- re-meeting Fives and all the badass fucking clones again. And then, yeah, I started uh, actually keeping a schedule up on my Twitch stream and um, doing things with the schedule. Uh, luckily, uh, the day after I tweeted at Behavior... You know, we're all stuck inside. We could really use a blood hunt, you know, and get the two times blood points to help us, you know, raise our characters and stuff since we're all home playing Dead by Daylight anyways. The very next morning, Behavior actually sent out a tweet saying that they were starting a basically quarantine blood rush. So instead of two times points, it's 1.5 times points. So it's still bonus points for while you're playing. But yeah, it's going to like April 14th or something. Like it's the longest one they've ever done. 
It's like three weeks of bonus points. So because of that, and because I literally uh, streamed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Dead by Daylight, starting 1 p.m. Mountain, going to about 4 or 5 o'clock, I got every single one of the perks in the game unlocked finally and respect my Claudette for the first time. So now once I get her back up to... I can respect her three times, get all the bloody cosmetics, and then once that's done, I will be able to unlock every single perk in the game and finally, in a way, be slightly caught up to Willie because he has a Dwight that has every perk in the game. And it's nice when you have the, the character you like to play, but you have the ability to do any loadout possible. So I've got all the characters unlocked, all the survivors, all the killers, and all the perks. And so now it's just earning blood points to respect them. And then because of that, now that I am caught up, um, I've got like 11 levels left on the archive that I'll be working on today and tomorrow, trying to finish that as it ends on Tuesday. Uh, the archive is the Dead by Daylight version of the Rift of a Battle Pass. Trying to get that done, and then um, Monday I'll be doing uh, Dead by Daylight PS4 for my stream. Starting on Tuesday, I'm going to start alternating. So Monday will be on PS4. Tuesday I'll be streaming live from my PC, so I'll be on camera, but I'll be using my Steam uh, Dead by Daylight account where I have almost nothing unlocked. And we'll be relearning how to play Killer on Steam because it's very different on the PC. And so I'm going to be alternating. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I'll be on PS4 streaming. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll be streaming on the PC. And then Saturday, I started my first uh, new game Saturday. So Saturday at, I think it was noon or 1, I started the 2018 God of War. And I streamed the first five hours of that and had a blast. That game is so damn fun and so pretty. And yeah, so that's going to be the schedule basically going forward. I'll be doing Dead by Daylight four days a week, and then probably um, Apex on Tuesdays and Friday nights with my friends uh, You're Only God and uh, Fake Unicorn. And then, yeah, Saturdays I'll be doing a new game, playing it one part of the time until I finish it. And so God of War is apparently going to take a while because I did five hours and barely got to the second world. <laughs> and apparently there's nine realms, and it's all the Norse mythology, so... Apparently, I got a long way to go on that fucker, and it was fun. Like, and it's just a gorgeous game. Like, I I see why it did so well at the Game Awards and stuff. It was just a blast. So yeah, uh, Bach twenty ninety nine over on Twitch. I'll be streaming basically all the time. Just that's that's all I'm doing. Nice. I had nothing better to do, so I'm just streaming video games. Hey, it keeps you entertained, keeps you in the house, and potentially keeps yep. other people entertained. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I guess before we shut this thing down, though, a big thank you to Peter G, a.k.a. Sailor Poland, for joining us this week and for contributing, contributing, excuse me, to our horse shit shenanigans, as we put it. Shenanigans! Hey, just for the Pastor alone, you guys are going <laughs> to I found it on Amazon Prime. I'm going to watch it. I have to watch Goldfinger <laughs> for a podcast I need to do, but that's up next on Amazon Prime. The Velocipaster. Velocipaster. It does sound like fun. It sounds like fun. It sounds I'm, like I'm some god awful fifty dollars script that someone bought for the Sci Fi Channel. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sitting there and I'm kicking myself because I'm like, why didn't I think of this? This is why genius. didn't you think of Lava Lantula? <laughs> nah, this is better. This was way better than Lava Lantula. This was this was a lot of fun. Big words. Well, that all being said, guys, we are going to shut this stream down here in just a second. Friendly reminder: we do stream live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Over on Geeks.Live, that is the streaming home of the Gunna Geek Network. You can find us there next week and for all of the forthcoming weeks because we're all in to some shenanigans. Before we shut this thing down, you guys have any final thoughts for our live audience? Stay home, stay safe, play video games. That's a good one. 
Uh, same, same for me. I, I remember previous generations saved the world by going to war. We can save the we can save the world just by sitting on our couch. So let's not fuck this up. Yeah. And, and if you don't want to play video games, watch us play video games. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. so many people on Twitch right now. <laughs> what about you, Willie? You have any final thoughts? I was an ugly fucking child. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a final thought from Willie. <laughs> uh, thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so much to everyone that did join us today. We do appreciate you guys joining us for these episodes of the podcast. And we will see you all next week for some more ridiculousness and shenanigans. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us, atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com, on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. 